We do hold the highest conviction on a bullish 2024 view across both gold and silver, across the commodities that we cover. And a lot of that is dependent on timing, but it's also a structural view that is mainly driven by what we think to be the main catalyst, which is the Fed cutting cycle. Welcome to Research Recap on JP Morgan's Making Sense podcast channel. I'm Natasha Kanova, Head of Global Commodity Strategy at JP Morgan. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Greg Shearer, our Head of Basin Precious Metal Strategy, and we're here to discuss the outlook for precious metals prices this year. Thanks for being here today, Greg. Thanks, Natasha. Can you start us off by giving a quick overview of how gold prices performed last year and what pushed prices to the record high we saw in December? Yeah, sure. So I think from my perspective last year, what we saw was the first half of the year really being quite resilient in the face of rising interest rates and additional Fed hikes in the first half of the year. That would typically be quite a bearish catalyst, but at the same time, we were seeing very strong central bank demand for gold. We saw in the first three quarters of last year, something around 800 tons of central bank buying, and that's off of 2022, where through the full year, we saw over 1,000 tons, which was the largest inflows into central bank holdings that we've seen since basically the data began in 1950. And so that kind of underpinned overall gold demand and was one of the contributing factors that kept prices relatively supported. And then we get to the place in the second half of the year, particularly around the fourth quarter, where we get a sudden risk premium boosted into gold on the back of the Israel-Hamas conflict and whether or not that was really going to spread into a wider Middle East conflict. And so we saw a lot of significant buying into gold and a very sharp turnaround with prices really rebasing higher quite quickly. And then it's almost a one-two punch because that's followed by additionally getting disinflation process coming through in the U.S. with the market getting much more aggressive in terms of pricing in additional Fed cuts over the course of 2024, that pushes yields lower and overall was kind of the key contributor to drive gold to test 2100 once again and stay here where we are today, supported above 2000. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Greg. So even with prices trading close to record levels, looking at 2024, the year looks like it could be another breakout year for gold prices. How do you see this playing out? Yeah, I mean, we do hold the highest conviction on a bullish 2024 view across both gold and silver, across the commodities that we cover. And a lot of that is dependent on timing, but it's also a structural view that is mainly driven by what we think to be the main catalyst, which is the Fed cutting cycle. Essentially, where we are right now, we're in the final twists and turns of timing that end of the Fed pause and beginning of a cutting cycle. And so from when we look forward, our economists expect that to come in June. And over the course of 2024, they expect over 125 basis points of cuts coming through the Fed and even more in the first half of 25. What that really boils down to is we see a move lower in what we think ultimately drives gold prices, which is U.S. 10-year real yields. And that, from our perspective, opens up upside where we see gold basically ending this year around $2,175 per ounce and ultimately peaking out even higher, close to around $2,300 per ounce. So we think we're kind of lying in wait, biding our time in terms of the gold price right now. As soon as we get that sort of definitive Fed cutting cycle coming in the next meeting, that's when we really think investors pour back into gold, 
Right now, we're sitting basically middle of the road in investor positioning. We could also see ETF inflows, more retail investment coming in as as interest rates begin to fall. The attractiveness of money market funds becomes lower and that money moves from those funds into gold. And those are two of the kickers that open the upside as we jump higher to around 2,300. So what about silver? You always say that silver is the same as gold, just more volatile. Do you expect silver prices to follow gold prices higher this year? Yes, we do. In general, silver is a metal that has much more industrial use that makes up the total amount of demand in silver. So it's used in solar applications. We are seeing a bit of a soft patch in solar at the moment, particularly in China, but we still have fundamentally a silver market that looks in deficit. So demand is outpacing supply for about the third year. From that perspective, we think that leads to a higher floor in silver pricing, but ultimately we think gold and silver are really tied to this interest rate cycle together. And we actually think silver is actually much more volatile than gold. So when this cycle begins to turn, we get into a Fed cutting cycle, we actually see potentially even more upside for silver, seeing prices go towards around $30 per ounce and even higher towards $33 per ounce in terms of a peak in 2025 pricing. Turning to you, Natasha, as head of global commodities and strategy, what does this bullish outlook for precious metals mean for other commodities in the sector? Do we see any spillover or contagion effect? No, there is no contagion effect between precious metals and the rest of the commodities markets. And as you know, we have shown repeatedly that the maximum impact on returns of commodities is a broad asset class. Yes, if we look at the BCOM, the Bloomberg Commodities Indices, or the Goldman Sachs, GSCI. So this maximum impact on returns of the commodities occurs in early or late stages of the business cycle or in episodes of rising inflation. First, as a highly cyclical asset class, commodities exhibit reasonably consistent early and late cycle price behavior. And if you look at the performance of the commodities class, it usually returns about 20% on average over the first and the last quintiles of the recovery. So this would be the strongest segment for price appreciation by far. I believe that the fundamental explanation for this performance is likely that above trend growth during the post-recessionary recovery and near the end of the expansion outpaces the growth in supply and the road spare capacity, drawing inventories down and by definition boosting the prices up. So similarly, commodities returns, energy in particular, strongly positively correlated with the U.S. CPI, with uh, U.S. inflation, making the asset class one of the preferred options for hedging inflation. If we look at the numbers in terms of returns since the start of the century, the BCOM index performed the best averaging about almost 1.5% months over months returns when U.S. headline CPI was above 2% and rising with directionality of CPI more critical than the level. So accordingly, if we look at the performance of the commodities class over the last two years, the reopening of the global economy and COVID stimulus drove almost 30% return on broad commodity markets in 2021 and 2022 It was the Russian invasion of Ukraine and, of course, the surging inflation that propelled commodity returns another 14% higher. But where we stand in 2023 and where we stand in 2024 is that global expansion is maturing, but not yet in the last innings. Inflation is sliding. Yes, we're talking about deflation. So there is not one single macro narrative to drive broad commodities returns in 2024. So 
essentially without any of those strong cross-complex drivers emerging either from growth or from inflation. We believe that investors need to continue to be very tactical in commodities in 2024 in order to generate returns. And I think it's an interesting point you say on that tactical nature, because I think that's another component of gold and silver that we like that increases our conviction on it. To some degree, it's tied to this mono thing about the Fed cutting. And it's not necessarily tied to exactly why the Fed is cutting. I think that's kind of important when we're thinking about the economic outcomes, right? We're seeing resilient U.S. growth now, but there is still risk of that potentially taking a dive lower. And we think that gold and silver is almost a hedge in that environment, right? If we're cutting into a soft landing, that's bullish gold and silver perform. If we're cutting into a harder landing, that's even more bullish. And we think that there's potentially even more upside to our forecast. So that's an interesting point. And I think outside of that, no broad-based theme, but definitely being tactical. Are there other key drivers or trends that you're keeping an eye on this year across the commodities landscape? Well, yes, of course. So again, as we pointed out, overall, the main word for 2024 in the commodity space is tactical. But we believe 2024 will be a year of many opportunities. That's absolutely correctly pointed out, the only structurally Bullish call we have is on gold. Yes, we upgraded gold. It was a great call. November 2022, we upgraded gold to a buy. So this call is being extended to 2024. But outside of that, we're tactically constructive on energy. And we believe that unlike 2023, when energy returns were weighed down by almost 40% drop in U.S. natural gas prices, performance in 2024 will be driven by a reversal in natural gas losses, but also by oil. We believe solid demand growth should push prices higher of current spot levels. So overall, we see Brent oil trading in a very wide $20 range between $70 to $90 with prices at mid-80s already by April and May. Unlike 2024, U.S. natural gas prices are forecasted to increase by over 40% by year in 2024 from current spot prices. So we have a price target of about $4 per MBTU by the end of the year. We have a tactically neutral call as well on industrial metals and agriculture space. Thanks, Natasha. That's very interesting. Greg, this has been a very insightful conversation. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you will be joining us next time. Thanks for having me, Natasha. Thanks for listening to Research Recap. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to J.P. Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read J.P. Morgan Research Reports related to its contents for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. All rights reserved.